Good afternoon. This is Jenny Smith with the Meta Action Research Project, and I'm here this afternoon with Adrienne Martin, a math teacher at Crenshaw Elementary, here to tell us a little bit about her research project this morning, this semester. Um, so, Adrienne, tell me a little bit about yourself as a teacher, how long you've been teaching, your subject, all that good stuff. All right. Um, I have been teaching for about 16 years. Um, I taught seven of those years in Virginia Beach public schools. Um, and I have taught the last nine years here at Crenshaw in Chesterfield County Public Schools. Um, I am currently in fifth grade. This is my fourth year in fifth grade, but I have taught in third grade and fourth grade, um, all upper grades. Um, and I've taught levels from special education, collaborative, all the way up to gifted instruction um, and ESOL. So I, I've taught all different levels. Um, I am the Mathematics, uh, I am actually the accelerated math teacher for the last two years, which we teach an accelerated curriculum that, and they take the sixth grade SOL. So it is a hybrid between fifth grade and sixth grade, and that will become very relevant in what we're going to talk about. Awesome. So that means in one year you're covering all the fifth grade standards. All and all sixth of sixth grade. Standards. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, for those for those who don't know schools, that's right. kind of a big deal. Right, it is a big deal. Um, can you describe your school a little bit for me? Um, our school is located in the heart of Midlothian, and um, we actually sit the poverty line. We um, waver between what Chesterfield qualifies as Title I, and now it's not. Federal guidelines are different than Chesterfield guidelines, and so we sit the, this line between whether we qualify for Title I funding or not. Um, we, again, this year have set that line. We, um, a population, working class, um, very hardworking families, uh, just struggle sometimes with making, making ends meet. Um, we have a very active community. The parents are very involved. Sports is a very big thing. Um, and we've, we've struggled the last couple years with some administrative changes and with some changes in the school um, with teachers and turnover and that type of thing. Um, so some of our scores have wavered because of all the different changes. We're hoping now that we have kind of settled and um, we should be seeing some, some increase in some scores and some, um, we, uh, the, again this year, wavering back and forth that poverty line. So we haven't found out yet whether we meet Title I. And that would affect next year. That would affect next year. Excellent. Well, um, if you could talk a little bit now about the problem that your action research um, is studying and why you sort of landed on that problem and why you think it's important mm -hmm. uh, to explore. I, I am currently the math lead teacher for my building, and so I am engrossed in the data mm -hmm. all the time. So not only am I a general education teacher, I'm the math lead for the building. And the last couple of years, we have really struggled in mathematics with the scores and, and just all over the board. And the thing we keep coming back to, not only in mathematics, but in reading also, is vocabulary. Because we sit that um, Title I line, um, it, research has proven that um, vocabulary is a weakness mm -hmm. um, with the more poverty poverty areas. Mm -hmm. Now, we have a stronger vocabulary base here, but not as strong as it needs to be in testing language. Um, so in, in relationship to mathematics, as we started diving really in, we really felt like as the team and as a school, that vocabulary was a really big weakness in mathematics and using the proper terminology along with the functional language that goes along with it. Excellent. Um, so from there, when you started this action research project way back in the fall, what was your initial research question 
um, related to vocabulary. And, mm -hmm. You know, has that question changed as this as the years gone on? Where where sort where are you with that question now? What was the initial question that you started with? The initial question was, would specific vocabulary instruction that we use in reading instruction transfer over to mathematics and then using mathematics vocabulary in some different research-proven structures that we use in reading. Um, that, that stayed pretty constant yeah, throughout, but um, I did narrow it down a little bit. I was hoping to do three or four different types, and I really found that once I got into what good teaching practices look like, because when you really start tracking your own teaching and your own methodology and, and basing that on research, you realize that sometimes just good teaching practices happen mm -hmm. and kind of weeding out, you know, what were good teaching practices and what were the actual structures, mm -hmm. the research structures. Um, so that was more of the change that I saw in myself as a teacher and instructor. Um, I was able to try out three different methods instead of the four because I felt by the end of the third method that I really had a good idea of what, um, um, I needed to adjust and, and had a good showing of the results. Awesome. So when you say like the strategy versus instruction, I think I know what you mean. You're talking about like this is the strategy that research says is a good strategy right. for teaching math vocabulary, but then there's me, the teacher, exactly. and the way I actually execute Exactly, exactly. So when we had our debriefing sessions and that type of mm -hmm. thing, it was brought to light that um, I needed to be more specific because the way I teach and the way my neighbor teaches may be totally different mm -hmm. in really describing how I, how I am as a teacher because that impacts also um, mathematics vocabulary and how much I incorporate just in general instruction instead of the actual strategy focus. Awesome. Um, that leads us right to this next uh -huh. question, I think. So if, if your initial question was how targeted math vocabulary instruction would impact your students' learning, um, can you walk us through... Uh, the different strategies that you tried out and the way you collect the data and the decisions that you made based on the data that you were collecting about how your kids were responding to your instruction. At first, we I, I did it in the units that I was teaching. I didn't want to actually just spotlight vocabulary, even though I did within the subject area. So as I was going along pacing, um, I, I started out with just straight direct teaching. I pulled out the vocabulary for the unit. Um, I gave them a somewhat of a pretest. Mm -hmm. Did they have any background knowledge? Because that impacts as well mm -hmm. um, how they move through the unit. And I just directly gave them definition, told them to study it, and then I gave them a post-test. Um, now, direct instruction in my room, again, is different than direct instruction <laughs> in another room. And so direct instruction to me was help. They actually were in the creation process of the definitions. I just didn't give them a book definition. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we, I, I qu used a questioning technique mm -hmm. and we came about with a definition as a class, but then they just straight studied the, the definition and I tested them on them. Mm -hmm. So that was the first cycle. The second cycle I used the, um, was that the Freyer model? No, oh, yes. Freyer model was the second cycle. I'm sorry. And Freyer model has been, it used, is used in reading instruction all mm -hmm. the time. Um, it's where you have examples and non-examples, you have definitions, and you have a way of using that in the, the structure. And so I picked another unit, did a pretest, and we did each of the key vocabulary words that I had pulled out in the Freyer model. Um, I found that that one was more, I say cumbersome, but not in a negative way, but it just took more time mm -hmm. out of the instruction. And then I went about incorporating it into the instruction, 
and then tested it after the whole unit was complete. And then the third one was mind mapping. And with mind mapping, it happened to be the measurement unit. And so I was able to divide it out into area, perimeter, surface area, and volume. And then I geared all the key vocabulary around those main topics. And we structured examples, visual examples, formula examples, anything that related to that particular vocabulary word and created a mind map. And nice. so bubbles. And the kids really, we formulated it as we went through the unit. We didn't spotlight vocabulary particularly. We just formulated it as we mm -hmm. went. They studied that and then they tested that. Um, so as a result, I found that the, the Freyer model, which I thought would be the one that would be more, um, see more growth in, uh -huh. was actually not. The one that I saw more growth in was the mind mapping and the direct instruction. They were they were close close there together, and I think that really is to just good teaching practices along with the incorporation throughout the unit of the vocabulary, but also having the visual, having the having the the kids responded to the mind mapping a little bit easier because we developed it as we went through the unit and right. we and we pulled in the vocabulary more specifically to a visual that they could actually visualize. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, and I'm thinking about it as far as like a, a kind of data that you were looking at. So you mm -hmm. had your pre and post test, but right. you also had the way that your students were responding exactly. kind of in the moment. Exactly, exactly. So I did inform, so a, a little bit of informal mm -hmm. um, interviewing with them later, and I actually asked them which one they preferred. Um, and most of them responded that they didn't particularly like the Freyer model because it was more, they felt like, they didn't use the word cumbersome, but that they felt like it was more work involved with mm -hmm. that one. Um, work, more explanation for me and not as much for them. Right. And um, so they said either where they formulate the definition or the mind mapping because it drew all the topics back into the vocabulary right. and they could really compartmentalize where those particular things are. And with math also, it, the units kind of lend themselves to a particular way. That happened to be the measurement unit so we could compartmentalize. Some units don't necessarily um, lend themselves to that. Sure, to certain kinds of exactly. vocabulary instruction. Exactly, exactly. Right. That makes sense. Uh -huh. um, so what would you say were some of the biggest challenges you faced as you were conducting your research project? Time. Okay. Time is always That's a, a challenge. Talk a little bit yes. about that. Time is always a challenge when you're, first of all, trying something new. Um, and when you're going through the action research steps, because you're doing several things that are new, you want to make sure you do them accurate mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that you follow the research methodology to where nothing else impacts what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's hard Not possible. in a regular setting, <laughs> in a regular teaching setting, right. because you've got, you know, behaviors or you have snow days or you have this and you have the assembly and you have, so the continuity sometimes is not there in a mm -hmm. real live teaching environment. Um, so that is one of the struggles and the timing and making sure you're carving out specific time for vocabulary Absolutely. is very difficult Absolutely. in that block. Mm -hmm. um, and I imagine that also makes what you've found to be really important for potentially yes. sharing with other teachers. Yes. Yes. Um, so what do you feel like beyond sort of landing on this idea that mind mapping combined with your version of direct instruction ultimately was the most effective for your kids? What else do you feel like you learned from this from sort of from your research project, whether it's about yourself as a teacher or about just the general instruction in right. math. 
Um, I found that the kids were actually excited. I, I explained to them straight out that I was going to use them to kind of guide my teaching, that I was going to use some different methods with them. And I was very honest. I didn't try to hide it from them. I didn't try them to think, oh, I've That's done this awesome. before. I just said, look, you're going to be, I, I was like, you're going to be my guinea pigs. We're going to try this out. It may or may not work, but we're going to try it. And they, their willingness to, and, and, I told them I was taking a class, and so the fact that I was still in school really kind of inspired them to try their best. Right. Um, and because it wasn't per se graded, they were able to respond honestly, and they were able to, to show me what they know because none of the components I graded oh, wow. um, okay. for in, in the content because I felt like it was new methodology for them, mm -hmm. it was new methodology for me, or a new way of using that methodology. Okay. And so I didn't feel like at one point it was fair Oh, to take a grade that for that while I was doing this. Now, next year, if I were to do it again, which I plan on doing and pulling that mind mapping in and pulling that direct instruction, I would use it because I'd go out knowing what, sure. what the results. Well, that leads us right up to this next question. So um, now that your project is winding down, the year uh -huh. is also winding yeah. down. Can you talk a little bit about why you think this, what you've learned and why it's been important and how it might influence your department, your future yeah. practice, your school? Um, I really plan on, I felt like this was a low impact class to do this research with because they're the accelerated group. So they are high achievers, high learners, gifted. Um, they were able to work through the process a little easier. I was okay. able to do a few things with them and not feel like it would affect scores, right. the high impact, the high priority, the high stakes. Mm -hmm. um, even though we do have high stakes at the end, I felt like they could cope with what we were doing a little mm -hmm. bit better. Um, but I really would like to try this maybe in a collaborative environment or in an average level um, classroom with, you know, the high, medium, and low. Um, and in that way, you know, or even in teach another teacher how to do this sure. way. That way I can really gauge, is it just because they're high level learners and they're willing to do this and mm -hmm. cooperate and that type of thing, or would it impact an average level or a collaborative level as well? Because I would like to teach it to the other teachers in my, my school. That's the ultimate goal sure, sure. of the next year to try to promote the vocabulary within the classroom and giving them strategies right. to work that are proven in the classroom, in, in the trenches, as I call it, <laughs> nice. to work. Well, that's, that's a really exciting um, thing to think mm -hmm. about, that the work you've done this year could directly impact, whether it's your own classroom with, collab right. with a collaborative class next to your other teachers. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of want to end on thinking about that for a second. I hope you do it again next year, and I hope right. you maybe even document it like yeah. you've done this year, because I think you'd have a great couple of years of, of mm -hmm. research to show there. Um, how do you think you'll carry over what you learned this year, both about the strategies but about the research process, into implementing mm -hmm. something like this next year if you were able to either – in another teacher's classroom or in your own with a different kind of kid? Well, I think as teachers, we get bogged down in a lot of um, educational jargon, is what I like to call it. Um, we go to these classes, we go to professional developments, we try this. Research has proven. Research has proven, but what research? So I think through this process is know the research, mm -hmm. read it. And if, you don't, if you're not vested in the research, then it has no meaning. You know, I can try any strategy, methodology, but if I'm not vested or don't want to see the results of that, I'm just doing it because I've been told to do mm -hmm. it, then it's going to impact my kids. Because I'm just jumping through the hoop. Right. I'm just, I'm just, you know, throwing that next next code word out or whatever, you know. And if I'm not, 
if I'm not schooled in the research as well, then I can't really fully implement it to the way it needs to be implemented. Um, so through that whole process, I think that's probably what has been, because I've used the Freyer model before, but when I dive into the research, you can see, oh yeah, this is why I understand why mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Freyer model works and why it may work for reading and not math. Sure. Because it's it's more involved, it's more you know in depth than mind mapping. I'd use mind mapping in isolation before, but now I have the research that backs up why mind mapping is so good, and it ties in all the things together. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get to carry that over into some more research or opportunities yeah. to try this out mm -hmm. next year. Um, Adrian, thank you so much for your time no this problem. afternoon. You've had a long, long day. Yeah, so. hey. <laughs> it's what really, we do. It it's is, what absolutely. we do. It's cool. what we do. Good luck with the end thank of your you. school year. And all thank right. you. Very